up next on the Parth and Pratham Show. Because in 40 years of business, and I'll share this with you in, in Dublin, I can't remember having to think about my color in, in, in affecting my business. It just didn't come up until, until now. It's a part and Pratham show. Um, so, hi, Rick. Tell us some of your hobbies, you know? Like, what do you do for fun? Just tell us some, a little bit more about yourself. Well, some of the things that I do that, that I, I enjoy is um, I like to cycle. Um, in our valley, we have a lot of uh, East Bay Regional Park trails, and they allow uh, mountain biking on there. So that's really, I really enjoy it. I've been doing it for a long time. It's nice you can get away from the crowds in, in a short period of time. I really enjoy it. I think it's one of the, uh, the amenities in our valley that we're really lucky to have. Yeah, I agree. I think mountain biking and just the amount of greenery and nature we have around us is um, really good. It's kind of, we're not in like a more like industrial, more populated area where there's just no nature and there's a lot of pollution. So I'm happy that we can go around, walk around, there's trees and nature everywhere. Yeah. Right. And it makes you feel good. You now, when you exactly. look, when you get up and you look around and you have that, uh, that corridor, that, that green corridor that you can see, I mean, it sort of uplifts your spirit every day when you look around. Huh? Yeah, of course. But I like spending time there. Um, so let's pivot a little bit to your business. Um, give us a brief explanation of your business. Maybe the name, a history, what services you provide. Yeah, my business is called Automotive Consultants. And then we're on, on, on Dublin Boulevard in Dublin. And what, what we do is uh, repairs. So we do all kinds of repairs. Um, electrical, anything that your car, I tell everybody, anything your car needs other than a complete paint job and glass, we, we will do, we'll take care of. So it's, um, there's not any kind of particular specialty, even though years ago when I started, we were doing, I was only doing Porsche, Audi, and Volkswagen when I started my business in 1980. Okay, yeah, so you said you started your business in 1980, so that's 40 years ago. So just starting from your origins, where or when did you learn how to work with cars? And just where did this business idea start? I'll tell you, when I was in, in, in high school, I was driving on the road in, in my first truck and I got, got into a wreck. It was in Southern California on Pacific Coast Highway. And I only had insurance to repair the other person's car. So I had to learn how to fix my own car. So what I did is I went home and I studied it and I did body work and that got me started to repair cars and I liked it. So I went to the city college and I took all automotive classes and I, I excelled in that area and I just kept, kept going. And here you're doing something you enjoy and you're learning and you're accumulating tools and you're um, just really loving it, you know? That's how it started. And then uh, everybody came to me. Hey, Rick, can you help me with my car? Can you do this and that? And I was just at my house as a young kid, but I was started to work out of my, my garage and help people out. And it just turned into, evolved into a business mindset with automotive. Wow, that's amazing. Almost like a word of mouth, um, homemade like startup. Um, so why why did you choose to make your own business? Like why did you not partner with a mechanic? Was there a reason or was it just because it was so successful? That's a good question. 
when I worked for the dealership, I was working for a Porsche dealership in Southern California. And when I came in there, it was a eye opening because of the different personalities and, and you had a shop foreman and you had the owner of the business and they were telling you to do things all these different ways. And it, in my own mind, I was saying, well, isn't there a better way? And, and I, I said, you could do it this way. It might be a little better, but you never really got heard. You had to do what the boss said, and that was that was it. So as time went on, I realized that if I ever wanted to do things the way I thought were the shops to be run in the correct way, that I would have to do it on my own. And then and eventually, after working in Dublin for four years for another shop, I started my business in, in 80 on my own. Yeah, and I think that mentality of, there, there's a better way and I can do it. I think that drives a lot of other business owners to actually open up their own business. So I really like that like mentality that you, as well as a lot of other business owners have. And so did you always think that you were going to be a mechanic? Like before, did you have any other aspirations to be like, I know me, I wanted to be an astronaut, but now I'm going more in the engineering direction. But did you always like as a child think like, oh, I'm going to be a mechanic. I want to fix cars. I love cars. Or was there anything else that you were passionate about before that? And I'll be honest with you, I never thought about that until I was in college. I loved doing, tinkering with things my whole life. I took things apart. I didn't realize that was mechanical, but I was a little kid, I took the lawnmower apart. My father came home and he was all angry. Put that thing back together. And I was shaking because I had to put it back together and make it run, you know. And I did it. Or, or I took a, there, my, my mom had a, 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 a coffee grinder, right? And it had a spring-loaded button on top. So I, one day I unscrewed it, and the spring shot across the room. And I, and I would always do stuff like that and worry, oh, I got to get it back together, right? And, that, and I was always doing something like that. I guess it's just uh, maybe interest or a gift. But uh, when I got to college, when I was in City College in Santa Monica, I took all the academic classes, and it just didn't click with me. But when I took the automotive, then, I mean, you know, my, my, I got I aced it all because it just was something I was, it was inert and I just loved doing. And then from that point, I said, you know, maybe down the road, I, I could have my own shop, you know, and then it sort of planted the seed that it was possible, you know. Wow, that's an awesome story. Yeah, it's an awesome self-made story. Just maybe your family history, were you like, um, was it like a custom to go in like a self business like for your family or were, did you like split off from like a traditional family uh, job? I split off because when I, I was coming through the ranks of school and you may have heard of this, everything was go to college. If you didn't have a degree, you weren't going to get a, a great job. And I sort of bucked the system. I said, you know, I'm just not interested in that, but I love doing this. And when you, when you think about it, here I am uh, doing the same business for 40 years in Dublin, and I've seen dealerships come and go. I've seen businesses come and go, and, and people lose their jobs. And my little niche is just sort of, I just keep moving along because um, it's skill. It's a skill, and you have your hands that do it. You can't, no one can take that away from you, you know? I think that's a really powerful message. Um, what would you say to teenagers who want to pursue your line of field? I think that it's, um, it's, 
it's an option that really every student should look at now um, as an option. You can go to college and get your degree and do a so-called white collar job, or you can pick a skill, um, and even in automotive, because we're going into not so much uh, carbon operated engine anymore with oil and grease. We're going into the electronics. We're going to Tesla. We're going to the Chevy Volt. So that's a, it's it's a it's sort of a cleaner business, but you it's going into the tech the techno as far as electronics. So what you would learn electronics and you learn the automotive background, and you can go into the field and really you know I think you can do well because technicians are at um, we they need more technicians right now because that's not a field everybody's thinking about, but it's but it's a good it's a great job, and it's uh, satisfying. Absolutely. Like there are always going to be cars and you've done a great job of adapting to fit maybe the new needs. Right. And, and along those lines with adapting, we've come from in the old days of rebuilding motors to now I've gone into suspension, especially because even though a car is electric, it still has to roll on tires today. We're not flying cars yet. Right. <laughs> But so we're going to go through, I want to do anything that those wheels touch the ground with, the shocks, the brakes, the suspension. We can still really spend a lot of time doing that for all the cars, regardless of whether they're, they're run by fuel or they're run by electrical, solar, or whatever. Yeah, you're right. And so tell us more about your like specific shop. How many workers do you have and um, just what – generally like are your workers unionized what are like the working conditions in your specific shop you know, I'll, I'll tell you i have four employees and i like to think of my employees as we're almost like a family and one of the things i tried to promote are really i, I demanded in the sense is that we all get along and i don't want anyone to, to wake up in the morning and say, I'm um, dread going to work. It, because that's, in the, in the past, I've been in that position where I really didn't feel comfortable because of pressures from different personalities. So now in my, in my shop, I want everybody to come to work and just be, you know, really be happy and enjoy what they're doing. That's, that's what I promote. Um, we're not unionized in the sense of like big dealerships where there are some unions and mostly it would be, in the, I think in San Francisco area, there, there are unions, but we're um, we're we're a family, and uh, everybody gets along really well. I like if there's anything comes up, we talk about it and try to keep communication open. And I just love that feeling of getting up in the morning, and enjoying going to work. That's key. If you if you don't enjoy, it, I tell everybody, if you don't enjoy it, then you have to rethink what you're doing. You spoke a little bit about family and. Um your workers, and that, that's a great feeling to have between um, an employee and an employer. So, but during this pandemic, I'm sure it was tough for everybody. So how have you been able to support your employees during the pandemic? I tell you the number one thing was that the PPP loan. If we didn't have that, um, we would have been really hurt. Um, once they did the shutdown, it was, and I'll share this with you, they shut down the, everybody was, the lockdown when it first started, the streets were empty. We we're essential business, so I came to work, but there was no business. And 
I was really, you know, I, 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 mean, I had to pray about it really um, because I didn't know what to do. It's the first time in all the years of my business that I went to work and the phones didn't ring and there was no one on the street. It's like, what do you do with that? You know, you can't advertise yourself out of it, right? So uh, it was. We were just fortunate and blessed that we were able to to acquire that loan because it took care of that big um, empty space of business. Until now, it's starting to it's it's ramping up and starting to smooth it out now. But the PPP loan was the number one thing that really saved us. Um, but I'll share with you one thing: is is when the shutdown happened. I got a hold of my scanner to scan cars and I went to people's homes um, because I had to see their car, take care of them. And hopefully something would come about where we could get work out of it. But I was doing that and I hit the streets. It was the first time I've ever really done that. Wow. Yeah, no, the coronavirus has hit all business hard, but just thinking about it now in retrospection, the car industry and the automotive industry was probably hit one of the hardest because there's no one actually driving on the road. Everyone's at home. So how can you go fix your car? How can you break your car in the first place? So, yeah. Exactly. I think what and happened so, later on is that people were saying, I'm in the house too long. What can I do? And they realized the, the shop is, uh, is open. So they said, I'm going to take my car in just to get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think just for my family, we've been going on drives to get out of the house and just look at like the greenery and stuff around us. But yeah, and so your business, as you said before, has been in Dublin for 40 years. That is an immensely long time. And just in that time span, Dublin has grown, I'm going to say like tremendously. I got in Dublin, I think in the last like eight years. Yeah, no, I came in Dublin six years ago. And so me and Pratham, we're pretty new compared to you. So do you want to just tell us a little insight on how the community has grown in the last 40 years that you've been here? Um, real quick, it could be a long story. I'll be real quick about it. Um, Dublin used to be from Doherty Road west. From Doherty, there really wasn't much. Dublin Boulevard ended, and there was a little white block off fence that stopped you from going any further because you just go into cattle fields. So it was only on the west side. But so East Dublin was is almost like another city, and it's just grown into that, and the population has grown. Um, but I've seen it. I've I've seen it happen in the city, um, having growing pains um, it, with all the building, the homes coming up. But I think we really um we've done a good job of of accommodating the growth. I think that you know, everybody's moving in. I'd like to see a little more green space, but you know we'll, we'll, that's sort of out of our control in a sense. Yeah. But uh, it it's grown a lot. I I want to say um. The demographics it were a much more mixed community, all different cultures. I mean, and it's just uh, it's like a completely different than it was when it, when, we, when it was first here in the early days. But it's 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 good. So, how would you say um, specifically your business has changed during the last during in the last forty years? Have you maybe changed services or maybe have like cars just completely changed? I, well, I, I, going back to the electrical part of the cars changing, I see that as the that's the major change that that's happened is going electric, and, and I, I tell you, Tesla has been the game changer because you think about it, how, how many do you see on the road now? It's just 
it's like the old days there was a the Volkswagen bug was everywhere you know in the early 70s that you could see them everywhere now you see Tesla and that's the biggest change is the, is going from from uh, the mechanical oil based engine using gas to to electric um, you, you can't yeah you can't argue with that point so that's the biggest change that we've had and it's good it's cleaner Okay, so you talked before about you were using the government PPE loan, right? And so do you want to give us a little more insight on if you've, if you've had any other loans from the government and if you faced any problems applying or getting resources from these programs? Good question. Um, initially for the PPP loan, filling out the forms was a trial and error. You had, I turned it in about three times because there were certain areas that, that you had to address a certain way that was that was a little challenging for me because um, I'm my mindset is in a mechanical sense when it comes to paperwork I have a little resistance to it to a certain degree but we were able to do the paperwork correctly and, and one of the bankers really helped us out and then we, we were able to get that loan and then that was really the only one we had and then we just really really worked hard we got on the phone talked to customers too but I think um, hopefully we're over the over that the need of it anymore. Yeah, I hope there's not another like lockdown where everyone has to get back at home because. Oh yeah, I, really. I mean, I I'm pretty sure you don't want it, and I definitely do not want that. No, I'd say that you know, I understand the mask, and it's really good to to respect and protect everyone, but it's it is hard to um, it's hard to it's hard for me to breathe through it, so. That that's that sort of tires me out. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, after that, you go home and take your mask, you you really fall asleep because you're just you're tired. Yeah. But um, it, you know it's okay. We'll we'll get through it all. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Um. So you spoke up a little about earlier about how in March and April during like the really difficult lockdown parts, you just got in your car and you drove to customers to see if they needed any help. Um. What other what sparked that idea? I got phone calls on my answer machine and and I could tell by the type of problem they were having that something that I could I could travel to, to go there and see. And what sparked it was really the need. I, I was when you're backed up against the wall and you have to think about, you know, how am I gonna pay my rent? How am I gonna buy food? Real real essentials. You have to you gotta do to take action. And that was one thing that I had to make that move, even though I've never done that before. I've never had to do it before that you have to, you got to, you have to do something when you're in a position of need, you know, in, in basic needs. Absolutely. That makes sense. Um, so in addition to the driving around strategy, did you use any other strategies to get that rent and fix that need? I called. What I did is I called up other businesses and I checked up on, I wanted to see if they were open. Um, how's it going? I really felt the, the community, as far as the automotive community, where all the guys were at. Um, how were they, what were they doing? Um, how were they getting business? Um, and letting them know that we were open was a was a big plus. People were thinking, "Oh, you're closed. You're not there." But we had to really get up, get on the on the phone and call. Um, sometimes I did some emails or some texting. 
Um, that's an area I have to, have to be stronger in because, like I said before, I'm old school. Really have to really step up to you know all the all the phone and email work. Yeah. So currently, there's been a movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm definitely sure you've heard of it. And for that, a lot of people are coming out and telling stories about how as people of color, they've been impacted by either racism, discrimination, that type of thing. So you are a business owner who is also a person of color. How has this impacted your business and your life so far? Do you have any like anecdotes or stories you want to share with us? Well, um, that, that part of it, I haven't really felt it for myself. But what I, what did happen though, is they had the, um, the protests or the, um, the march going down Dublin Boulevard. So because of what happened in the, the surrounding areas, we we had to get boards. I had a, a carpenter come in, board up our office. We stripped the office down um, just to prepare for the unknown um, because of what happened in Walnut Creek. They, they, they had destroyed some buildings and things. So on, on my end, being a business owner, being on that, on the street, that was, my perspective of what what was going on i wasn't out there marching i was like protecting myself from the possibilities of hurting the business so that was that was my view on on that that was way impacted me but as far as the topic that went on i got an email from um i think it was a patch you've heard of patch yeah yeah they're and they're great supportive of our podcast yeah they, oh, good. And they said, we're put, we're going to put out a blur to help, was it black and brown businesses? And I saw that and I said, and I scratched my head because I didn't know where I fit. I didn't know where I fit in that. I, and I, I looked at myself and I said, I mean, I really, um, I don't know what color I am. You know what I mean? I don't know, I'm not pure white, but you know, you know, so it sort of threw me back because here now we have to define ourselves. How do you do that? How do you define your color? It's almost, it was almost a reverse racist as far as just bringing it up because in 40 years of business, and I'll share this with you in, in Dublin, I can't remember having to think about my color in, in, in affecting my business. It just didn't come up until, till now. So that was that seemed to me it seemed a little odd. You know, it's almost like yeah. we're going back to the '60s when I was a little kid. Then it was different. Then it was a lot of stuff going on then. But to bring it up now, I, I you know, it's it's because I'm old. Maybe it just seemed a little odd. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I think now what's happened is that people are like kind of realizing and becoming more conscious about like the different like tropes and things that happen in society. So now that that's coming up, more people are talking about it and more people are realizing. And so, yeah. Totally yeah, when I, you. yeah, it's like, look, when I see you guys, like you just, you're just like me. We're, we're, we're people living in, we're just people. Yeah. Really Dublin, you know? It's exactly. Like, yeah. And that's why I think it's special about Dublin, just the diversity and acceptance that, I mean, I've received, of course, in just this community is really good. And so, it's just I'm kind of privileged to be here in such an acceptable and diverse thing because I know that there's other places around the world and in the U.S. also that might not accept me for who I am. So 
Yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. We're, we're, we're fortunate in a sense to be here. And I hope that the message for, for us is, is it's like to, to love your neighbor. I mean, to, no matter what the, what the situation are, what economic level they are, um, as best you can, you know, and I look at my business, it's, it's evolved as I shared this with you. It's evolved into a service. My job now, I used to be a mechanic. Now I'm here to serve. And when people come in, they're, they're, they're not really coming in because of their car. They're coming in because they're stressed about what's going on with it. And my job is to help them with that stress and make it easy for them. And with, with my experience, I try to share things and ideas and say, this is what we can do to alleviate that with you. And it may take a repair. A lot of times what I just did this morning, I said, the best advice I can give to this gentleman, I said, is get rid of that car. It's going to be a money pit. I don't want to work on it. I don't want to take your money because it's not going to do you any good. And that's what we we do a lot of that now because it's not about it's not about the money. It's about helping the people. Those are some really great values, and it'd be amazing if everyone had that. I think that's really insightful, and that's why you've lasted so long in Dublin. Yeah, because it's about it's what's what's nice about family is I have three generations of family that come to me. They came as a, as a young, young person. They, they got married and their kids come to me to bring their car. And I scratch my head and I go, why? Well, I remember when you weren't even born yet <laughs> and now you're driving, you know? So it's, it's, it's neat. It's a neat thing. You know, I'm just glad that I'm here to be able to help. That's it. If I go home at night, I sleep. It's not about how much money I made. It's about how people, feel when they leave your place of business. That's really important. I tell if I was to say this to anybody, is when you're in the presence of any human being, the hope is that when you leave that meeting, they feel better. If that if you could if that's possible. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of like the thing that people do with nature. It's like leave your campground or leave wherever you were better than it was before. So yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, we had a really nice, insightful conversation. Um, so thank you. Yeah, yeah we had a great time. Great to thanks meet for... you. Yeah. It's great you to too. meet you guys. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. So 